So we're going to continue our series, uh, Freedom and Obedience. And before I get started, I just want to just remind us what um, this whole series is about. Um, And just to to say that obedience is not obligation. Um, You know, I think sometimes people read those two words that they're the same, but they're not. Obligation uh, is something you're bound by law. You have to do it, even if you don't want to. Uh, that's obligation and and we probably did see that in the old testament a lot of them look like or probably had to because at times they would get killed but actually in the new covenant um, we're called to be obedient obey and the obedience there is a choice see god's not not an abuser he allows us choice choice to choose him um but when we do choose him and we choose to obey because and the reason why we do that is because we love him and we care for him and and when we choose to obey it brings life it brings freedom um you know the bible often i think christians look at the bible and go this is about right and wrong the bible's not that right and wrong it's actually about life and death i think we need to get that right because right right and wrong saying oh you you know you can choose what you want to do but actually no if we choose to do the wrong the things that god commands and we choose to go outside of that it actually brings death but if we choose to follow what Christ has commanded, and this is what the commands of Christ, it brings life. It brings freedom. You know, and that, that's internally as we, as we walk with Him, but also it's talking about eternity as well. And so this is what this whole series is about, is, is that when we choose, and, and sometimes it's hard to understand, and, and I think a great picture of this is children and, and parents Sometimes children don't understand when a parent says something or tells them to do something when they don't want to or, you know, they get too close to something that brings danger and you tell them no, the child gets angry with you because they don't fully understand. Sometimes we don't fully understand why Jesus says certain commands, but we trust him because he knows best. He knows what brings life. Um, and as you do a relationship, it, you, you understand. As you get older and you're m- more mature, you understand those things. But early in your journey, it's hard to understand. Um, anyways, let's start with prayer. Uh, Father, I just thank you that we can be here tonight. I pray that you open our hearts, our minds. Uh, Father, I pray that we are a church that obeys your word, obeys your commands. Uh, Father, and, and I know that when we do that, church, that we're a church of freedom. We're a church of life. Uh, Father, that's going to bring others into this door that are coming from darkness. Um, Father, and they see that this church is full of life, full of the Spirit. Um, and they, they want to change by the way we love each other, the way we care, and the way we want to follow you. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so the command I want to talk about that Christ, uh, we see many times commands. And it's this command that says, do not fear, have faith. Do not fear, have faith. We place, and I just want to say this, faith is not a Christian thing. Actually, many, everyone has faith. We place faith in countless things. And I'll give you some examples. For example, uh, you you've place faith in the chair you're sitting on. You trust it that it's not going to break. And so you sit on it with confidence. Um, we, we, we place faith in the cars that we drive, believing that the brakes are going to work when uh, we halt at an intersection. Uh, we, we show faith to our boss by turning up to work every week because we know that he's going to pay us. Uh, 
and and you know and and when we do that and when we have this strong faith in something it affects our behavior and so i'll give you the opposite the opposite of faith is fear and so i want you to imagine a world where the cars we drove the brakes only worked half the time how do you think your behavior would be how would you feel you'd be pretty scared nearly every time or the chair that you're sitting on what if you know the chair that half of these chairs in this room are going to break when you sat on it you can imagine the hesitancy when you're going to sit down and you can see the person's behavior and it's amazing what fear does and it's amazing what faith does when we trust something and we believe in it and so here Jesus talks about fear and faith many times through the gospels and and a great example of this one of my my favorite examples is in Mark 4 um, where we see the disciples crossing the lake and they go into a storm and, and Jesus, you know, Jesus just sleeping while this storm's going on and the disciples, you can see them, they're getting afraid, they're scared, um, they're gonna, they think they're going to die and um, they wake up Jesus, he rebukes the wind and, and the storm and, and then he says this and he says this to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? pretty profound and so Jesus repeats these similar words over and over do not fear do not be afraid fear not and he says have faith believe um, sometimes you'll see that word faith and believe actually in translations you'll see them actually sometimes it's believe and sometimes it's faith um, and I'll talk a little bit more into that and so what does Jesus mean when he commands do not fear and have faith throughout the gospels how do we obey this and the first thing I want to say, because I think often Christians, you, I've seen the arguments on, on social media and, you know, it can be quite offensive to some and this whole thing around the mental health. And, and I'm not going to go in there because there's a lot of definitions going on. I'm just going to talk about what, I, what Jesus is trying to say here. I don't want to get too caught up in that. Um, but I, I want to tell you that fear is actually a natural response. So if you hear a Christian say, you should not fear Actually, fear is a natural response. It's part of the body. It's a, it's a feeling. It's emotion. It's actually the way uh, God has actually created us. And let's be honest, who hasn't faced a situation in which they felt afraid? I have. I'm sure you have. And, and fear protects us. It's actually a good thing. Fear actually stops us from death. I don't know about you, but I'm scared of cliffs. You know, I, don't, I can't go near it and that's because the fear stops me from going over and that's a good thing. Sometimes I look at people and go, you are crazy. What are you doing hanging off the edge? You know, you're tempting yourself with death. We see in Psalm 56 verse 3, David said, when I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. He didn't say if. He says, when I am afraid, I will trust the Lord. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So quite clearly, fear isn't what, there's, there's more depth going on here that Jesus is talking about. And the fear that Jesus, I believe, in my opinion, what he's talking about is a fear that controls us and dictates our life away from God. See, we have the fear of the Lord, which is a positive thing. But then there's a fear that actually pulls us away from God. And it becomes the basis of our motivation. 
And so I'll give you some examples that are pretty uh, prominent. Things like fear of failing. You know, a lot of people feel like they're a failure. Their fear of failing others around them. Their fear of failing God. Or the fear of saying the wrong thing. Or the fear of sharing the gospel. Or the fear, fear of COVID. I think that's something we've seen um, pretty hot within the news. People being fearful of COVID. Or the opposite, fear of the vaccine. Both are driven by fear. Or maybe it's the fear of the government wanting to control us. You know, we've seen it on social media. But all these things have been driven by fear. And, and they're, they're, our behavior, you can see that our behavior is by that, that fear. And this is a thing that I believe God, Jesus is speaking against. He's saying, stop, stop this. Stop letting fear drive the what ifs. Stop the what ifs. You know, I think we get caught up in going, what if this happens and what if this? And, we, and it drives us. And then we, we don't go outside of our houses because of the what ifs. And actually, that's what leads to anxiety, is the what ifs. And that's when fear, the actual natural response of fear from an edge actually becomes an unnatural response to things that actually aren't happening. And then we create it because we let fear overcome us and control us. Now, like I said, I'm not going to go any further, much deep, deeper into the anxiety, and that's another discussion. I just want to talk about what Jesus is talking about here and how do we go from this place of fear that we all experience to walking in faith? Because I think there's also, um, I think we have the wrong idea of what faith is as well. And I want to talk about that today. Um, and I'll, I'll go into this. But I think this idea of faith that people believe, it's just all about belief. It's just all about belief. I just got to believe. And, and, and nearly there's nearly a fakeness to it. I want you to hear me in this. It's just like, you know, you shouldn't have any doubts. You shouldn't have any fear. You should just believe. Just speak it. Speak it out. And can I tell you, faith is more than just belief. Faith is action. There are many people that are speaking it and they're not walking it. And actually, faith is actually overcoming fear. It's actually, fear is part of faith. And so we, when we have this fear, faith is actually, you know what, even though I feel this fear, I'm going to walk in faith. Even though I feel this doubt, I'm going to trust God. And I haven't met anyone, a believer, that are doing amazing things. I was talking to a guy today, and um, amazing guy, he's just gone to Egypt, and he was doing like crusades, and there was 100,000 people. Um, and I shared this message this morning with him. And, and he was saying, Cade, you're exactly right. We had so much fear as a group as we were preaching the message. And I'm sitting here going, this guy, he, every time I've seen he's been on the streets. He shares the gospel. like He's got an amazing story, yet he has fear. And I think sometimes we look at Christians and think they must be fearless. Do you know, you cannot have courage without fear. Courage is actually overcoming fear. You know, when I, when we, I'm, I play footy, I guess, for example, and when they say that someone is courageous on the footy field, it's actually going, I'm, over, I'm going in, even though I'm, I know I'm going to get hurt, and that's the fear, I'm going to do it anyways, and that's the courage. And so the Bible talks about courage all the time because what they're doing, these disciples, 
even though they feel this fear, they, they overcome it and they, they are courageous for doing it. And so fear is actually a natural response. Faith is overcoming our fear and stepping out. And I think so many of us are not stepping in to, to God's promises. We're not stepping in to this freedom because of fear. And I think that's why this is an important message. And so I want to help us, and, and I just want to give an example of this, because I think sometimes we don't read this in Scripture, and I'll just give you one example, and it's Mark 5, and this is just after the storm, and I feel like there's a theme going on here that Jesus, or Mark's trying to, to explain, and so this is a bit after the storm, and now we're looking at Mark 5, 21, and, and it's talking about uh, the woman that was bleeding for 12 years, so I'll just go through through the passage. So when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman uh, was there who had been subject to the bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she got, grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Or other translations say, just have faith. Um, now, why I point this out, and, and if you don't know the story, uh, Jairus' daughter does get healed. Um, but the reason I share these two examples, because often I think we read this and think that these two people must just have this boldness of faith and no fear type attitude. But as you read this, why did Jesus even mention, don't be afraid? There obviously was fear already there for Jairus. And again, we see this with the woman who, who was bleeding for 12 years. She fell at his feet trembling with fear. See, I picture this woman... You know, she had been an outcast. You know, in Jewish law, if someone was bleeding, they had to actually be, they, they weren't welcome in, into Israel. They actually had to, before, before they could come back in, they'd stop bleeding. She'd been bleeding for 12 years. And so th imagine the shame upon her life. And so this picture, and this is why it's incredible, I can imagine her that she's just trying to sneak her way that people wouldn't see her. And here she, that's why she's only touching Jesus' cloak. She didn't come with this 
boldness and come forward to Jesus and say, Jesus, heal me. I believe in you. No, she came actually hiding and, and trying not to be noticed and touches the cloak of Jesus because she had some fear. And she was just hoping that Jesus would. And out of her action, she goes, I'm going to trust you. And just touches the cloak. And the same with Jairus, you know, that again, he has fear. Imagine your daughter. It's a natural response to hear that your daughter had passed away. And you'd be overcome with fear. But Jesus says, no, it's okay. Just trust me. And the reason I'm making this point, I want to make it clear that faith is not about having the right feelings. I want to say that again. Faith is not about is not about having the right feelings, not having no doubt, no fear. Because I think that's somehow is coming into the church. Actually, faith is an action. And I want to give you an illustration. I've got two handsome young men that are going to show me that they've been to acting school. Um, that's why I chose them. And I just want to give you an example. I think you're getting my point, but I just want to hit it again harder um so pete will come up and ryan and i might get papa to help me because i just don't want to get you guys you know yeah so what i'm gonna do pete i just want you to stand this way yep there mate papa okay these guys are acting all right so i've told them what to do and hopefully you'll get my uh, illustration papa's gonna help me catch pete all right and then we're going to do, yeah. And um, before we do that, mate, how do you feel? Yeah, let's do it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you trust us? Yeah, definitely. You guys will catch me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's all right, mate. Maybe next week. Ryan, your turn, mate. How do you feel, mate? We're going to catch you. Do you trust us? <coughs> Why not, mate? You know me. You're trying to make fun of me. don't really trust this guy. haven't seen him in a while. Mate, honestly, we will catch you. You can trust us. We've got your back. Man, we won't let you down. You should know my character. Come on, man. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem, mate. You didn't have two. You need two of us. All right, just trust us, mate. Close your eyes. I know maybe a strange illustration, but who had faith? Ryan, not Pete. Yet he was all the talk, wasn't he? He was confident, had no doubt. But when it came to actually the crux of it, he didn't go. And so, you know, as I was, I've been reading through through the passages, and um, actually one of the things, and, I, and look. There's a lot more depth to go on about faith and healing and the will of God. And 
Um, Josh writes a great blog on this if you ever want to go down that path and, and talking about, you know, word of faith and, and so forth. But something that I was, felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, I was, as I was reading, I was noticing how Jesus would go into towns and, and heal uh, the, the, the sick. And it says all were healed. And then there'll be another bit where Jesus goes into town and, and it was only some. And then what would Jesus say? This town lacked faith. And so for, for, for my childhood, I often thought this was about, you know, well, they just had too much doubt and too much. But actually what it was, it's actually, and don't mishear me, believing is part of faith. But what was happening is these people weren't going to Jesus for healing. So in these other towns, we see these people, all these people coming to him because they knew that he could heal them. Yet when he went to these other towns, how do we know that this town lacked faith because no one was coming to him. It was an action. It wasn't just a feeling. And you see that when people respond to the gospel. When we're talking to people, how do you know people respond well? By their actions. It's how they, they open up and they ask questions. And you see that their heart is ready and their mind is ready. And so faith is a verb. The word there that we see faith is an action. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to get at? And so, as Christians, as a believer, when we come to faith, uh, we choose to follow God. Because that's a faith action that we decide to go, this is our old way. And this is now we're going to follow Jesus. That's faith. And you're following it. So, faith is repentance and believing. So, I believe that Jesus is who He is. And I put my faith and I will follow him. I repent from my old ways and go. And that's what faith is. And so, you know, there are many, I think, in the church that are all talk, but they're not walking it. And I want to say that is not faith. Faith is when you're walking it and you're following Jesus. That's how we tell that someone is a person of faith. They're following it. That's how I know that you trust that chair, that you have faith in it, because you you sit down with it with confidence. So... This is what it's about. But what happens is in our Christian walk, even though we have the Holy Spirit that's transforming us and, and you know, when we come to Jesus, we are made right. The thing is with faith, we have to continue to trust Christ that He's changing our lives. And we have to continue to come over the fear, the wrong fear. Don't mishear me. The fear is not a bad thing, but there is that wrong fear because what happens is we have this natural response to go to act to our flesh. And we stop trusting God. And we, we stop being overcome by fear instead of actually allowing God to, to, to be ruler of our hearts and our lives. Um, and, to, and Peter talks about this in, in Peter 2, 2 Peter 2. He talks about that um, people will return, dogs will return to their vomit or pigs uh, a sow that is washed returns to a wallowing in the mud. That's what we do. The flesh is like the pig. It wants to go, even though it's been cleansed and we've been cleansed by Christ, we have this flesh in us that wants to go back to the mud. Instead of walking in Christ's, clean, like Him washing us over, and we know what that feels like when Christ washes us. It's awesome. It's freedom. But there's our flesh that kind of wants to go back. And then what happens is we get into that mud and wonder why we're overcome with fear. We stopped trusting in, in God. 
And so how do we overcome this fear? One, we've got to turn back towards Christ. Our heart has to posture towards Christ. And sometimes when you're so far into the, the mud, it can be hard to turn back. And, and you have to overcome your fear to do that. And I love this, this illustration of the lion. And, and if, you, if you know a little bit about um, the animal kingdom, which I don't, to be honest, but just love this story and illustration. But lions, they work in packs, don't they? And so this male lion, what he does, he roars because his roar is powerful and strong. And what is the natural response of any animal when this lion roars? What do we do? Fear, run. The other way. Wherever that loud roar is, I'm going. But guess what's waiting at The females. The lionesses. Ready to do the job. And I feel like sometimes that's what we're doing. The devil's putting fear in our lives and what we do, and it says, Scripture says that the devil is like a roaring lion. Great picture. Because the devil roars at us when we are, we are, you know, we're choosing Christ, but then there's just something, there's a fork, and the, the devil just puts some doubt in our mind and he roars at us, and what do we do? We turn away and go back to our sinful nature. We go back to the mess. We go back because we're scared. And so what, because actually our flesh is sometimes, it is comforting. It's some of our sin. But the, the beauty of Christ is when you've been washed, you know that's not the right place. See, the world, they're blind. They don't know what they're doing is wrong. But when you've been washed by Christ, like that pig, you, you just want it again. And so there's tension going on in you. And so the way that we overcome is we've got to go, no, I'm going to face this line head on. I know there is fear and, and, and I know that um, psychologists talk about this and I Pete's studying this. Can I tell you, sometimes you've got to do it even when you don't feel it. Our feelings, can I say there are too many Christians that let their feelings dictate their life. Now, not all feelings are wrong, but some are, and some are connected to your flesh. And so if you're waiting for your feelings to come right, can I tell you, you'll never get there. But sometimes psychologists say we need to flip the circle and instead of letting our feelings dictate and then that will go, we need to go the other way and go, you know what? I know God. I know what His Word says. I know the promises that He has made. I've seen what He's done in others I am going to face my fear. I'm going to face my flesh and I'm going to walk towards God no matter what. And it's going to hurt. But can I tell you, and you already know this because you've experienced Christ, at that other end, there is freedom. There is life. There is joy. But sometimes that's hard in that initial start to face that line. It's scary. The line's scary. And our flesh has fear. It's a natural response but, but Christ, and, and this is, I, I love this verse, 1 John 4 verse 18. How do we, because we can strengthen our faith. Our faith grows. Scripture talks about we need to grow our faith and our, and our strength. And we can see that. And that's maturity. And it says in 1 John 4 18, it says, There is no fear in love, 
But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one whose fears is not made perfect in love. And so the fear that I was talking about overwhelms us. It shows that we don't have God's love in us. But when we, do, when we choose God and we come in and he, we let the Spirit come in, so you know, when it talks about the full of the Spirit, this is talking about God, full of God's love because God is love. The Spirit is love. And so when we are walking full of the Spirit, not a stronghold in your life. You know, I've, I've actually seen many believers they believe in the power of tongues to, to pray out fear. That, and, and the picture that we see with tongues is that tongues is like a running tap. And so tongues is actually a, a self-edification. Scripture said there's only one gift that's self-edifying, and that is tongues. And so when we, when we speak in tongues, it's actually filling us with the Spirit. And that's filling with, with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, which is filling us with the love and that relationship, and when we have and walk in the full of the Spirit, can I tell you that fear is not driving you anymore. The Spirit is. You're walking in the Spirit. And so when you see people that are, you know, they look fearless, can I tell you they were, fear, they were fearful. But they overcame that fear. They stepped out of that fear and decided to choose God and, and follow Him and walk with Him. And, and as they did that, they sealed amazing things. I remember many times, and it's still... I still, you know, when I'm not walking in the Spirit, yeah, you're dealing with your flesh and your fear is a lot more powerful and more strong. And I remember, you know, God, the Holy Spirit often talks to me and as I'm walking down the street and, and the Spirit will say, talk to that person. Can I tell you the fear that I have? <laughs> and what I have to do is I'm wrestling <laughs> and going, oh, but, but I don't know, God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I should. And I'm having this, how do I know that it's the Spirit? I actually have to act on it. And so what I've learned is I try and I build that courage to overcome that fear and go, you know what, I'm going to trust this voice, the Spirit, and I'm going to speak to this person because who else would be telling me this? Not my flesh. My flesh wants me to hide away. Wants to wants me to keep to myself. And so as I go and, and as, as I've learned to do this over time, I've grown my faith. I've trusted that voice. And because every time I do it, what happens? God conversation. And this is what Romans 10 verse 17 says. It says, faith comes from hearing. Hearing the word of God. Uh, and some, some translations will say the message about, about Christ. And in the context of this, um, Paul is saying that when people come to bring the gospel and and share this message about Christ, he says that the Word of God, and the Word of God here is Rima. This is God speaking. God will speak through you. He will speak through others. And, and because we, I want to remind you, you cannot make someone saved. God saves people, not us. We lead people to God, and He's the one that transforms. He's the one that renews our hearts. And it, it's not down to some words that we speak. It's not about the sinner's prayer. Actually, it's between you and God that changes the heart and God will do the transformation. And yes, sometimes the words can help, but it's, 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 it's about that transformation heart. And so why do some people share the gospel to some people and, as, and some will hear it and some don't? 
Because their hearts and minds are open to hearing the voice of God. They're open to hearing the Spirit. I truly believe you cannot be in this service if you weren't hearing the Holy Spirit. Because He's the one drawing you in. This is what the Word of God is speaking about. Rima, God speaking to you. You know how you can read Scripture and, and you know, we've got people that study the Bible that are not even believers. Does that mean that the Bible's... No, it's when the Spirit speaks through it. It's God's Word when the Spirit brings power to it because He's the one that brings power and it's only when we have an open heart and mind that we'll hear the Spirit. And so this is the key to walking um, against fear. That's why I want to bring this up because uh, the importance of the Spirit. How do we be full of the Spirit? We need to be able to walk with the Spirit. We need to be able to hear. Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice and follow. Now we know that Jesus isn't here. He's at the right hand of the Father, but he said, I will send you one just like me. The Holy Spirit. And so we are still following. I heard someone say the other day that um, when we look at a believer, that at the front of them, they're a sheep and at the back of them, they're a shepherd. And I love that illustration because we don't stop following i don't know what the church the church is talking about you've got to be the leader no we don't stop following we continue to follow the spirit we continue to follow christ the spirit makes us more like christ and as we do that people will come with us like a shepherd the shepherd for those that aren't farmers um i know a lot of farmers that we push the sheep but actually in the olden times the shepherd would stand at the front of the sheep and they would follow him and they would listen to his voice and they would follow his voice. So that's why it's a great picture of what Jesus was talking about. So this is key to the relationship is, is knowing and hearing the Holy Spirit as we walk with him. And, and like I said, I truly believe all of us in this room can hear the Spirit. Maybe you're just not aware of it. And how do we know it's the Spirit? How can we trust it? Um, well, this is the beauty of what Scripture is. We can know how God operates. Scripture is about the character of God. The reason why we have the Bible is that this shows God's character. This is who He is. This is how He does things. And, and I, I know there are many Christians that don't believe this, but God is still doing the same things He did back in Scripture. I don't know what you've heard, but I've seen it. God is continuing to do the same things that He did in the Bible today. God hasn't stopped. God. And so Read scripture that helps us to understand who God is and it helps us understand the spirit. And as we get to know God and as you get to grow closer to him, the more, the more you grow in love with him because you go, wow, you're an awesome God. You know, and, and, and more from scripture is, is the importance of people sharing their stories and their testimonies because, again, that shows God's character and what he does for people. You know, I know many people in this room have amazing, incredible stories of what God does and has done and is continuing to do. Can I tell you, when you share your story, oh, I go, wow, how good, how good is God? How amazing He is. And doesn't that just draw you closer? I think there's a, there's a study that have said that if the churches that share continuous testimonies throughout the week are churches that are growing. There's something about sharing the testament i truly believe is because we're sharing what god's doing and he's, he's doing every week and he is i've seen it 
when we get out there and do what, what, you know, become alongside what God's doing, He's doing incredible things. And so we should be sharing the stories of healings. We should be sharing, and, and not because of the person that shared it. We, sh- we share the glory of God. We go, wow, how good is God? How awesome He is. So faith, you know, we grow our faith from the knowledge. We grow it from um, hearing His voice, and we grow it from just His love. And so the more times we're in relationship and full of spirit, we can overcome our fear. So what does faith have to do with obedience? And I, I just wanted to share this quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he says this. He says, Faith without works is not faith at all, but a simple lack of obedience to God. Remember, faith is an action. Only he who believes is obedient, and only he who is obedient believes. And so what I'm trying to get my point at is even though you don't feel it, sometimes you doubt it, choosing to obey Him brings life. You don't need to be 100%. You don't need to have the perfect feelings. Maybe you're only early in your journey or you're still working God out, but maybe you're just like that child. I look at my son, Tom. And he fully doesn't understand why God says, or me, says certain things to him. He doesn't quite get it. And that's what happens when you don't fully know God yet. You're still on that journey, but you've got to trust him, like my son does most of the time. And God is greater than me. But as you get to mature and you get to know God and you walk and and walk with Him and see the amazing things, you actually start to realize why we be obedient to the things He commands. We see how it brings life. You know, Josh made this comment the other day um, when we were just sharing about this this series, Freedom of Obedience, and I think this really relates about this fear of, or even anxiety, and he said this, and I'm going to, I've just quoted him, I'm not taking his credit. He said, maybe a lot of people are buckling under anxiety and doubt because instead of obeying God and his word, they think they need to please self or others. This makes humanity God and a fickle one, but also means we are under the pressure only God is supposed to shoulder. Obedience to God lays aside decisions and positions that are not ours to bear. As such, in obedience, we both take on a new appropriate burden and take off the burden of trying to be God. And I just thought, how how powerful that is. Faith has everything to do with obedience. Everything. And we choose to obey God because we trust Him. We love Him. We know the stories that he has done. We've seen it in our own lives and, and we've experienced the freedom that he brings. Why are you here? Because you know what he has done in your life and your journey. And maybe along the track, you've lost that. I, I don't know everyone's journey. Maybe along the track, you've just forgotten what God had done. I mean, that's why we do communion. Because sometimes we need reminding what he had done in our life and our journey. And, and we need to get back and, and go, I am so sorry. My heart has gone the wrong way. We can veer. The, the, the road is narrow. 
And so our, our hearts can quickly start to posture towards ourselves or to the world. And sometimes we just need to realign and go, you know what? My heart is yours again, Christ. You know, I'm, I'm going to stop looking at houses on Google. I'm going to stop, you know, wanting what others have. I'm going to stop trying to please others. And I'm just going to set my eyes on you. I'm going to put my heart and mind and set it on things above. I'm going to focus on you because you are the perfecter of our faith. You are perfect. You are holy. And you love us. I don't need other people's approval. I just need yours, God. Because I know that if I have that heart posture towards you and trust you, Father, that's where freedom is. And so I just want to give everything to you. Can I tell you, I do that often. (laughs) Because even me, my heart sometimes veers to the wrong side. And that's just a natural thing that happens in this world. We are not going to be able to leave this world until eternity comes, until Christ returns. And then we will not be struggling with sin and flesh. But right now, we are still going to struggle with flesh. And the beauty of Christ, and I love what Tyne says, the beauty of Christ, we don't have to work out our salvation. We don't have to continually work and work and prove. We just need to come to Christ. We just need to set our hearts and mind on Him. We just need to let go of that, that mud, that junk, and say, I'm not going to let that rule my life no more. I'm going to let God rule my life. I'm going to choose you. I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to love you with everything I have. And from that place, He will make us more like Christ. He will step us away from the filth. And and so I want to encourage you from this message. Do not let fear overcome you. Dictate your life. Do not let fear of this world, the fear of people... Do not let it control you. Posture your heart towards God. Have you ever put everything in for Christ? Be all in for Him. What are the things that are holding you back? Because I can tell you, it's not worth wasting your life on temporary things. You know, we heard that from Rach. Freedom is with Christ. Freedom is with God. It is life. Let's pray. Father, let us thank you that you sent Jesus, your son, for us. That we don't need to be overcome with fear. We don't need to be ruled by fear. We don't need to please others. We don't need to be fearful of failing fearful of failing you, that we can come with a heart, Lord, that no matter what the heart is, if it's full of junk, Father, we can come with it and you, when we posture towards you, you come to cleanse. You take away our sin. You take it off us and you bear that sin on the cross. And so I just pray, Father, that we would face the lion, the roar of the lion, and we're going, no, I'm not my life I'm going to let you Christ dictate my life because I want you you bring life you bring freedom 
In Jesus' name, amen.